everyone, and welcome to Boom Talk Media. This is BB Peters with Dr. Andrea Gould Marks, and we're so excited and delighted to be talking with you today. We have so many exciting things to share. We hope that everyone is doing well now that we are almost out of this pandemic. And welcome again to Boom Talk Media. Andrea, how are you doing today? Well, it's a chilly day, just the kind of days we like in Tucson, Arizona. And so I'm excited as well about what we're planning to do. And today is a big experiment because we're getting ready for our interviews for our book proposal. And (laughs) we're using the opportunity to interview one another so that we can see, you know, where the nooks and crannies are and and what occurs to us that might be better, or mm, every interview might be absolutely different. We're going to see for, you know, by playing around with the two of us here. Yes. And I love the fact that we're beginning the new year with really a very joyous and exciting event in our lives, which is that we've been signed by a literary agent, which has been our dream for the last six years, to create a full-size book. And the working title that informs how we're going to proceed is Pathways and Possibilities moments of choice and moments of change. And we've all had these experiences in our lives, more than one, we're certain, where we were moving along a certain path, either through a choice of our own or because it was imposed on us as a result of relationship change or health or moving from one place to another. And it sort of put us at the crossroads of our life. And we had to determine which way would be the best way to go. So we want to capture the essence of those moments. I think, Andrea, you call it, you're calling it thresholds, right? When we get to thresholds. So I can't wait to get into this and to give our listeners an example of what we're going to do with our interviewees, whom will record as podcasts as well. But to begin with, we're going to interview each other because we have not had a chance to do that in a number of years. And here we are. So Andrea, (laughs) you go. Take it away. Take Take it it away, away. Dr. Andrea. Okay. Well, you know, so first of all, we know each other pretty well, but I think that um, I would like to ask you, BB, what is going on in your life right now that is top of mind for you? Well, for sure, for sure, the focus on this book, because there are so many parts to it relative to setting up the interviews, for making time for you and me to write, for collecting data, for working with our team, right? We just added a number of people to our team. We have an intern, we have a social media guru. Of course, our assistant, Amy, is always by our side. So making making sure that the group is working in synchronicity and making those people feel comfortable so that you and I can proceed full steam ahead and with the production of our book. Right. And so just listening to you say that the current moment is full of complexities, some of which are the opportunity for talents that you've always harbored to come forth and have a platform. And it makes us think about we're on a path of life and the um, desire is not necessarily something that we've always had since the beginning of time. Like ever since you were seven years old, you always wanted to write a book, but is more the, the dawning of each of your strengths and how they kind of come together. So maybe you can draw kind of a dotted line between a time in your life where you began to have an inkling that something like this or some of the components of the now um, 
occurred to you? You felt them? You sensed them? One of the things that comes to mind immediately is that you were just talking a second ago about getting prepared for this and the thought process. I am so excited to um, experience a, a writing class. So as I mentioned to you, I signed up for it for a six-week period, um, once a week. And it, the instructor asks the attendees, the students, to bring something that they're working on. So I love the synchronicity that I was able to see this ad in one of our magazines that you already needed something in play to bring to the class and to work on it. I, I feel like so excited and so grateful. It's like all the little pieces are coming together. Yeah, that's that is that's kind of like a pivotal moment, wouldn't you say, in life where all of a sudden it's like all these things are coming together. And so there's an excitement, which is kind of like an ingredient, you know, in into the soup. Excitement is such a propellant, isn't it? Into the into the soup, it accelerates it what it was is. already going on. So I'm wondering, in terms of your path, some of the skills that you have now that you have command of that are part of your personality, they each had a point of origin somewhere. Can you think for a moment about where, well, first of all, what some of those skills are that are so apropos of this <laughs> moment, right? Well, I think I can, I know about punctuation. Okay. To begin with. All right. Uh -huh. I know where to put a comma and where to put a period. So that's a little tiny help. Right. But as far as writing, and I was just thinking that being an only child, right. Had me be in place and facing my parents and their entertainment of people and guests and family. And there was always conversation going, always stories being developed that people shared at the huge dining room table. And there was always tons of food. And also as an only child, I had to seek out and make friends. So it wasn't as though I had a sibling or two or five that it, it, we sort of automatically connected, but I had to seek out that friendship. And that's a matter of asking questions and understanding people and listening to people. And I think it sort of began from that early age. That's a that's a, a wonderful, let's just call it like a, um, a a point of origin, something that's really important at the beginning of life, including having to be the one to invite. You know, nothing was ready made, right? And then there's something else that I know about you that you weren't born in this country. And so if I might bring attention to something that's so astoundingly wonderful, in my opinion, that you came here at 11 years old from a European country, from Poland. That I would imagine, or I consider to be the biggest life changer in my life, right? Uh, and it was one of those pathways that was really thrown upon me. It, it was, was a not, crucible moment. It was it a was crucible, crucible moment. Completely so. And it was a moment that was provided for or directed by my parents. Uh, they had a dream to come to the U.S. for many, many years. And when our lottery number came up, um, my parents really thought about it for about a minute and a half and said, yes, we're going to sell our little house, our tiny house uh, in 
Poland. We're going to gather our funds to pay for the ticket because of the promise that coming to United States held in my, particularly my father's eyes and in the family, our aunts and uncles, there was a, always a huge desire. So packing up and saying goodbye to my friends in sixth grade that I just started was difficult for me now that I think back to it, because it was a separation from everything that I knew and that I was comfortable with. And we got on the plane and flew to the U.S. and never looked back for a moment. Did you know English? No, no, I did not know a word of English. Neither did my parents. Uh, We were lucky to have a sponsor, our aunt and uncle, who provided us, who shared their house with us for uh, about a month or so. And then quickly, my parents found an apartment. My father found a job and we began our life. Wow. I mean, that's such a staggering, um, you know, it's just a staggering beginning to be thrust into a, a whole new country, you know, makes me think about how that in itself built you into a confident young lady. You know, confidence is something I think anybody who knows you would say she's a confident woman, right? So, Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, you didn't feel that at first, of course. No, of course I didn't. But absolutely true. You're so correct in that not only just coming here and leaving everything behind, but also then becoming, you know, the sole interpreter, the sole caregiver for my parents at the age of 11 and a half Um, and being ready or not so ready being able or having been asked to act on their behalf sort of like an agent or a, a caregiver a that's caregiver, a good word mm-hmm. you know right, right you had no choice I had no your choice survival your yes. survival as child was contingent upon you doing a good job at that handling it handling it being able to ask uh Um, hard questions, being able to ask perhaps of doctors some personal questions for my mom when I went on a doctor's visit with her. Um, It's amazing, right, how when we look back at our life, those incidences just keep building and building and building. And so then my confidence grew. And then the moves that I've had since that time from we landed on Long Island, then we went to then went to Florida with my husband, my ex, and then we went to Seattle and now in Tucson, the newness, the getting uh, acclimated to a new place continues to build that confidence. Right. Yes. The getting acclimated and acclimated. And one of the things as, as that's always a wonderment to me, is of course, people land on Long Island. Yeah, of that's course they the do. Airport, that, that's where the biggest airports are. So that's it, where the Statue of Liberty is that yes. welcomes the immigrants to that's this true. land. So that's why right. wouldn't you go there? That's why wouldn't you? It, right. that, that's a, such an amazing thing. And so we get to see like if we were to draw a timeline from what we think is, you know, one of the choices of a point of origin in our life. We could almost see on that line, like, you know, kind of in color and, you know, with some forcefulness around it, like this is a pivotal moment. This is a pivotal moment. And um, and so on from there. So if you look at that timeline of life just for now, for a moment, and like I said before, draw um, some a dotted line between where you are now, which is about to embark on this book writing adventure, um, even a co-writing adventure. What are some of the other points of illumination along the way? Yes, I would have to say the growth in my careers that I've had, uh, starting with banking and uh, 
after having finished college for four years at State University of New York uh, on Long Island, um, it was um, sort of um, not degrading, but a little uncomfortable to know that I would need to start as a teller in the bank as opposed to being a manager already or someone in a more senior level. So the, I guess, being humble and to say, yes, this is not the ultimate answer or the ultimate path that I'm going to be on, but I'm going to start as a teller, do the head teller thing, do the manager thing. And then ultimately I became a VP of a region of offices of branches in Florida. So that career path has certainly been one of those illuminated areas for me. So at what point along the path did the career um, possibility become possible? When did it occur to you that you could perhaps parlay your strengths into something that you could do that could constitute career? Honestly, it was as early as age 16, Mm -hmm. which is when I began to work for the Grants Department store. Do you remember that one from Long Island? Yes. And I felt so adult in being allowed, which I begged my dad to let me work. Please, can I work? Can I work? And finally, he said, yes, okay. So at 16, I was a salesperson um, at Grants. And I loved folding things and then was <laughs> then began to be praised for the order that I kept on the shelves. And uh, and I was able to answer cu- uh, customers' questions um, and, uh, you know, direct them to the right area. And it was always with a sincere desire to be helpful and and approachable. Yeah, yeah. And when someone else in a senior position is looking at someone who is able to bring order and is is able to enjoy the the uh, sales and customer relationship, I would imagine you got recognized. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And the recognition, whether it be working at grants or later at the banks um, and then at the architectural firm, uh, it's so easy or uh, relatively easy to see how your path moves along professionally. Uh, the, The emotional, personal path is not always so easy. But you know that if you work hard and you produce uh, um, results and if you show up on time and you're responsible, you can move along a certain path that is advantageous to your career. Right. On the personal side, right? This is why you're here. This is why you are the eminent psychologist who can help us move along this path. The path of relationship, right? So Freud always said that, you know, life is about the path of, well, he doesn't use that word, the path, but it's about love and work. So there's love and then there's work. And, you know, when we're young, the, you know, the other issues um, are kind of dwarfed a little bit by those two biggies. Yeah. And so you can see, and I can see now as your partner, you know, how glorious it is that you can bring order, right, to the great, (laughs) the great amount of creativity that gets generated when we have a project to do. So I, I think that that's, let's know. just say it, if we may, let's just say it. Yes. You have a name for me. I do have a name for you. And that's one of the names that I have for you. And and that name is Glenda, the agenda. And she is the master of bullet points and the master of order and always knowing, or at least suggesting where do we begin? Right. Because when there's a whole big everything is out on the table, where do we begin? And so as your partner, I can certainly speak to how invaluable that 
you know, that trait, that whole set of traits, because, you know, there's such a thing as free writing. So when we free write or when we brainstorm, that's all well and good. But the next step is to bring order to that. So to, that's, right. And to pick out little nuggets, right? We, you and I talk about nuggets all the time and to pick out little nuggets that then elevate us, inspire us or guide, or guide us or or produce a sequence of events. Yes. Yeah. Any any other pivotal moments come to come to mind in terms of, you know, that as you're on the path, how do things get shaped? What what happens that 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 comes either from inside you or or from outside you? Well really one of the biggest ones was to you know, having been married to a very nice man for 35 years plus, um, I concluded that we needed to go our own ways. And that was a very, um, at that time, and I'm so glad that you were in my life at that time, because while I wasn't um, seeking your psychological insights on a professional basis, you were always there with all your talent and all your skills to help me move through that path. And it was a path to come to a conclusion. And, you know, before even came to a conclusion, events occur in our life that trigger a need for change. And that's where I found myself to be. I needed to change. I needed to not be in that life any longer. And that was a very challenging path. Yeah. And that's such an interesting thing because then we can really use the word pathway because as an adult, we're really in charge of making the choices. So it's not so much that, yes. you know, parents have decided That's that we're right. going to leave one country and begin again in another. But this time the choice is yours and how to execute the choice. It's not just choosing. It's also working with the other person to, you know, eventually, ultimately um, get free of that a particular situation or relationship and then free to go on to the next. So, you know, if we had a micro, uh, a magnifying glass to look at all the steps in a, in anybody's pathway, once there's a moment of choice and then all management of all the little changes and additional choices that keep on going until the whole task is executed. And then it's like the exit on a freeway. Now we're on another. We executed that big, we um, exited that big road. And now we're taking a, a turn, so to speak, leaving some things constant and then changing other things. Yes, right. And I have found that it's never to begin with a clear black and white path or, you know, if we're at a crossroads in our lives, you don't immediately know what action you're going to take. You sort of in the background, you uh, sit on it, you let it come to the surface, you experiment in your mind with what if scenarios, um, and it builds along the way. Um, I remember reading this book called The Power of Surrender. And that was extremely helpful in my decision-making process. Um, but I, I really like the process of building on things, not just deciding, you know, today at 12 o'clock, I'm getting a, a, you know, divorce. I've had it. It's the building process that's so interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every one of those pivotal either crossroads or we get to a threshold where where we can say I've had enough, whether it's a job or a relationship or even, a, uh, you know, a in a living space, like it's enough of this. It's time to go. You reach a point, a boiling point. Yes. 
right? Yes. A point, a point where yes. there's a choice. And those are very interesting going forward also. And how just the negotiation of those places and points builds the courage. It builds upon itself. Right. Courage, right? Such a huge element in our life, in our path uh, taking, such a huge element. Right. So that when we're successful at negotiating, or here's the other one besides courage, is the feedback that we get from the environment saying, and, and you know, from either people or signposts or signals that say, you know, you're on the right path. You know, whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> is is a yes it's yes. kind of like a big nod okay yes. you know keep right. going right keep going right keep going well i think at this moment in time let's take a little break and then we'll get back right to our audience and our lovely listeners with a story about Dr. Andrea Gould Marks and what is, is keeping her busy and one of her pivotal or maybe two pivotal times in her life. We'll be right back. This is B.B. Peters and Dr. Andrea Gould Marks. This program is part of a series that will be the foundation for our newest book with the working title, The Book of Pathways, Moments of Choice, Moments of Change. We can't wait to unveil it to you later this year. everyone and welcome back to our second half of this podcast where Dr. Andrea Gould Marks and I interview each other a little bit sort of in preparation and for setting the stage we're such you know directors of life that we set the stage for the evolution of this amazing journey that we are embarking on dr andrea i am so happy to be here with you mm -hmm. and interviewing you tell me everything you know about your life no i'm just <laughs> kidding no, no. no you're turning the tables we're turning the tables and uh, now we are kind of having like a little bit of a behind the scenes conversation about our pathways um, before we actually start formally interviewing our interviewees. Which I am delighted to advise our listeners that will be doing podcasts with them. So the interviews that we will be gathering for our book of pathways are going to be the fodder for the podcast themselves. So As people well. can mm -hmm. follow us along on the podcast. And then when they buy the book, when they get the book, when it's out, they'll be able to see those interviews, the stories that will be part of the book. But right now, let us focus on one very important person that I'll be interviewing. And that is my co-host and dear friend, Dr. Andrea Gould Marks. Welcome to Boom Talk Media, Dr. Andrea, first of all. <laughs> Thank you, Bibi. And it is very special to be here in the interviewees, E-A-S-E, seat. Yes, yes. So just to give us a little bit of a background, tell us a little bit about where's your head at now, where you're at, what is the point in your life that you are focusing on now? It's, it's kind of interesting to me as it's in progress. But in order to um, focus on something as big and important as creating a proposal for publication for a book, the book called Pathways and Possibilities, Moments of Choice and Moments of Change, it kind of, um, you know, you can't just into a busy life insert a busy, <laughs> a very time-consuming project. But it's not just time-consuming. It's, it's mentally and emotionally consuming. So I think my biggest challenge at this point 
is to make space. How do you do that in your life, in your daily life? What's your process? Well, first of all, my process is that I like to keep my mornings free so that I can do some writing or some thinking. Right now, you know, the whole process of writing a book is not about writing. It's about first structuring and setting things up. That's the hard part for me because I like to do everything in the morning. I like to work out in the morning. I like to make contact in the morning. I like, you know, almost everything that I enjoy needs to happen in the morning. And the morning doesn't have that much you know, space in it, you know, this limited amount, limited number of hours in the morning. Right. So getting up earlier and earlier, right. Kind of thing that's required. And at the same time, also pruning back other kinds of activities and having to make, talk about choices, having to make choices, having to make changes. That's, that's a bit energy consuming right now. Yes. And just a question that occurred to me as a little sidebar question. You talk to people, you talk to your clients uh, all the time, of course, and you you interview them about their issues, their life. Um, How do you envision our interviewing of our guests to be a little different from that? Not really sure. I think that um, the we definitely have an outline. We have some points that we'd like to points of contact that we'd like to make in our discussions with people in the interviews. Um, we do have what we think is uh, or is an outline overall. Whereas when, uh, as a psychologist, I, you know, it's, it's a very open kind of situation that somebody will generally come with a dilemma. One of my clients named it a dilemma, meaning uh, matters of life and death, the dilemmas as opposed to the dilemmas. But lots of times there's a dilemma, there's a knot, there's something very specific that we're looking to loosen or, or unwind or to find a way into or a way out of that leaves the rest of the person and their life whole, right? I love how you describe that. Let's turn the mirror the focus on you for a moment and think about something a knot or some challenge or a place where you are across roads in your life is there a story a specific theme or some scenario that you are remembering or recalling that you'd want to share with us you know i think the biggest one um, was kind of, is kind of like a leaving home scenario and the leaving home to be, um, leaving my actual house, leaving the work that I was doing in the way that I was doing it, leaving my friends, um, and moving into an unknown place for a path that was, um, at the center of it was relationship and the relationship with my now husband. How long was the preparation? How did you prepare for this? Um, uh, Your thought process, your activities, what led you to make that call? Uh, What led me to make what call? To move to to a new location. So to answer that. Yeah. So like, you know, when we talk about calls in life, it's, you know, calling or or call. But this was a very specific call to be with a specific person who I had familiarity with. This has become a, a much more common story ever since Facebook or the digital internet or ways of being in touch with people. And um, so, yeah, so it was a matter of responding to a communication and having that communication turn into an invitation to change life. And you were already settled 
in uh, your home and you had a practice, right? And as you said, you had friends. So there were little threads everywhere that you had to address. What were some of the fears and ideas and kind of trepidations that you held about this? I didn't, it was very, very interesting. I didn't, I didn't have any fears Uh, and, and I kept checking in and it was like, instead of the door being open a crack, my experience was the doors were flung open and all I had to do was get things in order enough to get everything that needed to be out, which was mainly me didn't really bring a whole lot with me because there was a home that was here that was waiting for me. So, um, but it was a very free feeling. It was like, mm, the time is right to do this. And I had been entertaining for a very long time, maybe 30 years of leaving Long Island but there was nowhere else that really made sense to me to go to. I wasn't somebody who was going to go to Florida. I wasn't going to go to California, various reasons, but you know, like weather, earthquakes, things like that. Right. Right. So that the invitation came to be in Arizona did make sense. And have you been here be, um, before? I've been here before and I had okay. even entertained. I was working on a book at the time um, called The Virgin Widow because in my life, um, some of our listeners know I had been widowed. And so being a writing kind of person, a journal keeping person, um, I had written that book and I wanted to finish it. And winter was upon us. And I was like, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to rent a house. And I'm going to finish my book. So when the invitation to come here came to me, which was about in the autumn, it was more like an of course. There was no laboring over it. It's that synchronicity, right? I mean, how (laughs) the pieces fall into place. How would you explain that like in psychological terms when that happens? I wouldn't. I would I would do it only in spiritual terms. And that's what I mean. Yes. That's how that's how it felt. It just felt like, you know, there was a a film once a long time ago, training film and corporations were using it. It was called Jonathan in a box. I don't know if I ever told you about this film, but it was a cartoon character and he's in a box and he's trying to get out and he's pushing at the ceiling and he's pushing at the sides and he's, you know, and then he's disgruntled and he's like sitting there, can't get out of the box. And finally, after a lot of attempts, he just simply um, puts his head up and his arm out and he was just like reclining. And all of a sudden the box Oh, that part of the box just opens. He And that was like me. I was thinking so much over a long period of time of where should I go? Where would make sense? And all of a sudden it made sense. The earmark of it was that there was no fear, number one. But the other mark about it is that there was no ambivalence. No ambivalence. And and I had lived for a long time with ambivalence. I would go here, but then I would have to do this, or I would go there, and I would have to do that. And it was back and forth, back and forth for a very long time. And I was about to, I kind of had loosened the constraints, and I was ready to move up to the Hudson Valley. I was ready to move within New York mm-hmm. to a different location, which was beautiful and you know, much more laid back and had a whole set of different people in it. And that kind of readied me. And then this opportunity presented itself and it was like no contest. What, so what do they say? Isn't it something about when you're ready, the teacher, what, what yeah, is when that the stu- When the student is ready, the yes. teacher appears. Right. 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 But there's also preparation meets opportunity, which I think would also um, qualify as a bit of a quotation about that kind of a big change. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that you are just speaking about preparation. 
<clears throat> I know that you are a very uh, friend-oriented person. You um, you are a good friend to a lot of people. Well, not humongous people, but you're a good friend to your friends and also friends love you for what you bring to them. So I would imagine that, did you have any trepidations or concerns or fears of leaving a group, a constellation of well-established long-term friends and starting anew? What were you thinking? What well, were you thinking? many of my friends had already moved to various places. Mm -hmm. So I was used to maintaining that intimacy while at the same time being separate. When all, you know, when each of them moved away, went to California, went to North Carolina, went to Colorado, um, at that point, at those different points, they became great places of visitation, right? And then, of course, in the years that we're talking about, it's already 2011, it's 2010, 2011. So there's already the internet. Yes. There are already portable phones. You yes. can speak and connect anytime and anywhere. And so I was already of advanced age. Wasn't like I was leaving my high school friends. Right. Or, right. you know, that kind of thing. Um, it was a season of life that um, I felt actually free. So there was a, a pre-existing um, pre state of personal freedom that allowed me to make an easy, I mean, even though it wasn't really easy, I mean, there were all kinds of obstacles, of course, as there always are in a change, but it was easy for me to, to exit. So the courage to stand my ground right, and not be influenced, I was really quite single-minded and focused. That's so important that you say that. So I wonder if that is, uh, that is so, sort of like, I don't know, the glue or the arrow, the arrow that points to a direction. Do you think that uh, all actions that we take are based on that thrust, that singular thrust? Or how do we develop this courage? How does that come about? Well, I think courage is born out of experience and maybe out of some successful experiences. I think it's much different being a mature individual as opposed to being young and inexperienced. I also think that I have the added benefit of having heard and been privy to um, and to have the honor of being witness to so many stories so many over time that it was clear that I was just another story, that this was just another story. So even though it was immense and life changing, I didn't feel like, um, like I couldn't do it. It's like I had multiple examples of people who I knew who made big changes. So, I mean, on, on a level of bringing it all the way down to young people, um, I had role models. Yeah, role models. And did you find that, how did you process the actual change? Was it something that you dealt with sort of more independently and you grew into it into accepting it <clears throat> or did you have a need and a desire to speak with friends and people around you i think my friends were aware of that's the value of having intimate friendships that this was not new news that my making a change like this was not new news to any of my really close friends and so it was just a matter of they shared the experience with me. I mean, literally, some some of them hands on. I mean, moving is a big thing. I, I have this recollection of sitting in my living room where all the stuff was now brought down to the living room. It's like taking, what are you going to take? What are you going to leave? And I was really just giving everything away, which was such a delight 
to choose, you know, choose items, match them up with people, know where they were going. Um, you know, was it really um, a prime example of letting go? And that's so important, so relevant. Uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking again about how you connect with people and how um, I just read the other day, again, they did some kind of a study that's been going on. They've like talked to 700 people over a period of 25 or 50 years. And the number one element that keeps people going and strong and thriving is the value of connection. Not always necessarily to a spouse, but to friends, to people at the grocery store that you may engage them in a little chit chat. Um, so how did you transition your friendships from Long Island to then coming to Tucson? How, how did you keep up and how did you develop new friends? Uh, well, the new friends was a different story, but, you know, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much with my trusty, with my trusty phone, with writing emails, but mostly it, it was, it was talking. I mean, I think having a phone, having verbal conversations is, it's so, it's so intimate. And especially, you know, me to be an auditory person, it's like anything that comes in auditorily is translated into sensation in the body and it's heart connection just as easily on the, on the phone. And then of course there, there was FaceTime and then, and then there was zoom, <laughs> you know, and it, you know, it made it kind of, um, I was even able to continue seeing my clients first on phone, then on FaceTime and ultimately now on zoom. So, there was um, there was support from the universe. There was support from the universe. And then what kind of sort of guidance and signposts were you looking for or experiencing during this move, this transition that you experienced? It was it was that things fell into place. I mean, we didn't have the pandemic. There were direct flights to Arizona from New York. Um, I should note that that I have a son. He was not in New York. It wasn't like I was leaving my family. He had already left. He was mm -hmm. living in Tennessee. That wasn't a viable mm -hmm. destination for me in as much as I tried it on over and over at the stage of life I was at. That wasn't a, a viable destination. So signposts i think would just have been that everything appeared to be easy everything appeared to be easy that's an interesting gauge right for us yes ease definitely mm -hmm. and i mean we could be fighting an uphill battle but it wasn't like that and and you asked me to focus on something i mean that was one of the largest changes in my life I think that there are times where people try to make changes and it wasn't necessarily working. When I had decided that I wanted to focus on the Hudson Valley, for instance, right. I already had a place that I could move into. A friend of mine had an apartment that was occupied by her mother and her mother-in-law. When they passed on, she promised it to me if I wanted it. So not only did I have open doors to come to Arizona, but first, I had open doors to go to the Hudson Valley. So it wasn't like there was just something special about Arizona, though there was, right? But there was love as an operative, um, as an operative force. But there was also love in Hudson Valley. You know, there was intimacy with a group of people that was making that easier. It was like it was I was going to be landing on a soft cushion. Yes. Yes. And what was it? So how long were you looking at the opportunity at the path moving towards Hudson Valley? How long did you examine that for? I would say I examined that it was a good three, four years that I oh. was exposed to that path. Mm -hmm. 
uh-huh. and really examine, examined. And, and I always loved, you know, the outskirts of, of the metropolitan area. I, I had a house in the Berkshire Mountains. Um, I entertained living there. And for a portion of time in my life, I did go back and forth. I had a house there and I split my week between working up there and working at home. So, you know, the, the signs were there that I wanted off Long Island. Uh, Now, when I think about Long Island, I really, there's so much about it that I miss the greenery, the flowers, the, the arboretum, the the water, the traffic. No. (laughs) Right. And so I lived in a part of the Island that wasn't terrible in terms of traffic, but you know, it was, it was definitely time to leave. Now I can appreciate it like a tourist when I go back. What type of, what was your mindset like during the move itself? What did you think about? What did you consider? What did you prepare yourself for? Well, you know, I had specialized in change and transition. Okay. I think that it's important to, um, to note that. Yes. yes. Right. Not my own change and transition necessarily, Because I was so stable and grounded. I lived in this house for 36 years and my practice was- And your successful practice, which continued to grow all the time. All the time was there. So I was like the steady point in the comings and goings of all of my clients. And so change and transition became a focal point for me. And I- finessed it. And, you know, if it was a sculpture, you know, or if it was clay, I'd be working it all the time. I was always working it. So it felt like my path was like greased. <laughs> By greased. the time it was up to me, it was already greased. Emotionally greased. Right? Yeah. And Emotionally just, greased. Yes. And also uh, operationally. Operationally, of course. Of like course. I knew what to expect. Okay, so now you arrive in Arizona. The sun is out. The weather is perfect. What month did you move here? I actually moved here when I finally moved. It was um, the first time because first I moved here and just went back and forth for a year preparing my house. There was a year of preparation. There was a year of saying goodbye. There was a year of clearing things out. Well, that's important to know. If I just may go back to that for one moment, it sounds to me like you really intentionally took some time to prepare for it. Right. Right. Well, it's the putting your house on the market thing. Yes. Right. It's clearing out 36 years of basement storage. Oh, yes. Right. And life. So many people go through that, right? We know Tucson, how many snowbirds ultimately become maybe half your residents or full-time, but there's so much to life that you have to give away at times. And let go of. So there was a really a full year of preparation, that that kind of back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then um, I, I don't remember the whole question you asked. Oh, I was just thinking about what it took you now you're here and you have arrived and oh you asked me what month i arrived in oh yes yes in the month of january oh that's right so it was new year's eve yes new year's eve (laughs) new year's eve so it was sunny and beautiful and here you are um what happened then so then there was um a, you know, kind of a transitional period where I was finishing my book and I was working and um, I was I was home all day. I didn't have any friends right away in the area, but then became the process of meeting people. And that was probably the biggest process um, and and changing the home so that it suited that suited me. So nesting if you will. So there was physical nesting. I was a feng shui consultant in New York. I mean, as well as my practice. And here I had no office. So as a feng shui consultant, when people will refer to me here, which they were, I don't remember how it happened, but it happened a lot. And so I went to their homes 
And there as a feng shui consultant and as a coach, because I was already a coach too, I was able to do um, consultation with people um, right in their homes. And ultimately I didn't bother to get an office to locate an office. Not an outside, an office outside of your home, because you have a beautiful office now, but it's in your home. So that that was really the consuming thing into being introduced to people, meeting people on my own as I moved around. And that was that took the most amount of, you know, focus, energy and focus and did you have an idea uh, as far as the timeline was concerned? Did you have a goal or a thirst to uh, build your practice or grow your practice to a certain number of clients or um, any thoughts during that initial uh, settling in time? It's interesting that you ask that because I wasn't licensed in the state of Arizona. So that as a psychologist, so that would have been the biggest impediment at that time. And um, the best route to take to get that um, uh, certification as a psychologist license. So that took a very big effort. Because what I had to do in order to do it, instead of going back to school, which was one option they wanted me to do, another option was um, to take, you know, a tremendous amount of coursework. And so there's no reciprocity. You need to start from scratch. So I, I went through the process of getting board certified. That was one kind of loophole that if I got board certified, I could begin the licensing process without going back to school or having another internship or things that really didn't interest me. Being board certified was a whole adventure in itself. It took two years, but that was arduous process. I was going to ask you that. So um, why was it important to get board certified? Why was that your priority? Because that way I could get licensed more quickly. And can you speak a little bit to perhaps the excitement and or the challenges, the obstacles? Now you have lived alone for, not alone, but you were not married for quite some time. And now you were in a, a relationship with the person that you loved. How was that? Um, how did you devote time and energy and love to that? I think one of the wonderful things is that we both work. So it was just a matter of working during the day, reconnecting in the evening. And again, this was a relationship of ease. I use that word again. Yes. There was not a whole lot of, I mean, there was a lot of catching up because we hadn't seen each other in almost 30 years, 28 years, actually. Um, So there wasn't a lot of um, getting to know because that was already, the foundation was there. So again, it was easy. (laughs) And I think it's just like that Jonathan in a box thing. It's like when you're not, you know, trying so hard, sometimes the flaps, you know, open up and sometimes it's easy life. Sometimes life is really hard. Right. And sometimes life is easy. And so I'm just here to put a flag in easy and fortunate, but not everything is easy and fortunate, but once in a while, (laughs) things are easy and fortunate. And, and that was the episode I think that I, I chose to share when you asked me and it, it just really came to mind because it was a big change. It was a big change. Absolutely a big change. And now reflecting back on it, how do you think it continued to shape your life that you now have? How did the experiences that you've gained from that change, that transition, how did that and con- how did that continue to shape your life and continues to shape your life? You know, I'm going to use the word possibility. It illuminated, you know, firsthand because I had seen it 
you know, constantly in my practice and had helped guide it because intuitively I, I do know that we can start over. We can begin again and again. We have it in us. We have it in us to be ingenious in difficult situations. We have it in us to be creative. If we believe that those qualities, courage, creativity, are within our grasp because we've seen them maybe in smaller ways or different ways all the way through. I mean, to, you know, to get a higher education degree, write a dissertation, defend a dissertation, that's an example, to start a business, to start a practice. I think the greatest piece was that I always wanted to do something in broadcasting, and so really the year after I got my um, board certification and my license, you were there when I said, <laughs> I want to make media. No, I no, wanted... you didn't say that. You, what did I say? You said you wanted to make valuable or insightful. What was the word that you used? Yeah, I wanted to make meaningful media. Meaningful media. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I said that. I said I announced it to a group of strangers. A room, a room of strangers. A room of strangers. And it was just the, we were going around the room and people were saying what they wanted to do. And I had really harbored that for a while. And that was before podcasting became a thing. I know. Can you believe um, it? It was like so, it seems like 30 years ago, but it was only six 20, and a half or seven years ago. Right. 2015 it was actually. And I said, I want to do a podcast. And that was the opportunity to meet you because mm. I didn't mm. really know you before then. No. no, no. So that was both the beginning of a friendship as well as the beginning of a, of a business partnership. And that really, you know, added a very satisfying dimension. It's been exciting and thrilling and creative and uh, delicious. Really, um, all of it, all this, the adventure that we've been on, you and I, and the path, the pathway that we have followed. And we've been so open to uh, adding things on. So far, right, we've published three books. Reliefless. Reliefless. My dream, dream come true. I love that term. You can just pick up and I always say, just put it on your heart and see what it tells you. And so we've created three of them and uh, we've done, we've written blogs for companies like Raytheon and others. And now we're on this magical journey again, uh, having been signed on by a literary agent uh, it's going to be a full-blown book. It's like 10 relieflets in one. And that we get to interview people that whose stories are compelling and sometimes painful and sometimes uh, exhilarating. Uh, it's a great adventure. Inspirational. Ins inspirational. Right. Inspirational. Right. You and I always talk about, and I love how we came together with this term. I talk about overcoming. And overcoming to me is undoubtedly we all have challenges in our life and we've experienced those throughout our lives. And some of them are more serious, as you said a moment ago. What has impressed me so much in the past are people who take that hurdle in the road, that challenge, and get over it. So then you came with the term Oh, you've been talking about the undergoing because as a psychologist, you talk to a lot of people who are undergoing a whole bunch of stuff, right? So overcoming the undergoing, we are going to trademark that term. Right. And that 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 effervescence, that enthusiasm for ideas that we share, right? So finding someone who shares your enthusiasm for ideas or projects who says yes, um, I think to have a friendship at the same time that you have a workship is, um, it's very special. I love having friends 
and connections with whom I can experience life changes. It's, it's like having a little guide. It's like having a little guide in our life. Right, right. And so that's what we hope to provide. We, we hope to provide with the stories that we're going to include. Just, you know, almost like friends, almost like the hope is that our readers, our listeners will see themselves in aspects of the stories that we collect the storytellers, so. right? There'll be that identification with some. And, and it doesn't matter where they're spread over the lifespan. And we're really aiming t- to have lifespan stories so we can really see how things develop over time and what is germane to which season of life. Absolutely so. So, so well said. On that note, then, we'll say goodbye to our listeners and thank you for listening to Boom Talk Media. This is BB Peters and Dr. Andrea Gould Mark signing off until next time. Until next time. Over and out. <laughs> this program was brought to you by Boom Talk Media where we inspire and nurture the human journey. For more healing insights and links to our books and blogs, visit our website at boomtalkmedia.com and join us next time. today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.